0: Welcome back to the Monolith Diaries. I'm your host, Amy, and this is episode 16. This week, I am joined by Chinese-American adoptee Taylor Legion. Taylor grew up in New York City and is passionate about global relations and also current events. Stay tuned for her full interview right after this story time. So as we close out the first season of the model and diaries, I can hardly believe it. My heart is so full and I have been so lucky to be able to see my passion project come to life and be executed. And my mission doesn't stop here, friends. Adoptive voices, especially transracial international adoptee voices and stories, they will be heard and honored and we cannot be silenced. Our stories are unique. And while, yes, we have faced trauma, PTSD, and loss from a very young age, we are also so full of joy, of love, laughter, and we are not simply just static creatures. My hope is to bring us into the forefront, for these conversations to start to change from being taboo and uncomfortable to being seen as conversations we celebrate and become curious about. Also, friends, spoiler alert, you do not want to miss season two. The lineup is absolutely insane. I am so excited. So stay tuned for a brand new season airing this fall. And also, don't forget, there's still one episode left in season one that will air this coming Friday. All right, let's get into story time. This week, it's a little heavy, but I do want to talk about grief. So grief is quite interesting, isn't it? You can't predict when it will show up at your emotional doorstep. It just walks right in without an invite, without knocking, into that space that lives inside your heart, the one you thought that you were mending, until you realize that maybe you just put band-aids over the holes that were there. I have found myself over the last several months sporadically grieving for what was. At first, I wasn't sure what I was grieving over, and then I realized... I was still grieving over my ex. So my ex-fiance sent me a text the other week and I almost lost it. Not in that exact moment I received the text, but in the days and the weeks following. Memories started flooding back in and I found myself just glued to my bed, wondering why I was so distraught as I felt that I was moving on and happy. I was out of a relationship that would never fulfill me fully. But scenarios would not stop replaying in my head the day that I was dumped I was reliving the trauma I was reliving all of it I was so focused on living in the anxiety of grief and letting it consume me that I forgot about how I was speaking to myself I started saying things like if only you had or why couldn't I have been more or like no wonder he left you And I realized in those moments, I stopped myself and I took a few minutes to question these thoughts. Normally, I would believe these thoughts to be 100% accurate, would never question them, and just believe them to be fact. But this time, I wanted to dig a little deeper and I asked myself follow-up questions. If only you had what, Amy? Ifs aren't going to serve you here. You did all you could do. You were a wonderful, caring partner, and what's done is done. Why couldn't I have been more... Amy, you are enough. Instead of asking why couldn't I have been better or more, remember, you are enough. Sometimes things don't work out and it has nothing to do with you, but even if it did, you are gonna be just fine, and you're fine the way that you are, so don't be too hard on yourself. No wonder he left you. This one was hard for me. Sometimes in the past, especially, I have tended to follow the victim mentality, but I'm really trying to question these thoughts. To me, this was my way of putting myself down so that instead of getting through the feelings, I was able to just wallow in them and not go anywhere. I was stuck in this place. So the brain is a tricky thing, right? especially for someone with general anxiety. My brain has a never-ending, non-stop track that plays over and over and over. And for most of my life, I only heard the most damaging and negative things. It has only been in the recent years that I have challenged my thoughts and spun them around. In many ways, I find this to be so helpful. Not everything I say to myself is the truth, and I need to take these things with a grain of salt. But this is honestly just step one in the grieving process for me. I have come to understand that grief will pop up at the most random times, and I can't control that. But I can work with myself, with my thoughts, to speak kinder to myself, and to rebuild my confidence to where it was before. Step two for me has been therapy, and more specifically, talk therapy. Venting, being able to talk it out with my family, my amazing friends, and my therapist has not only given me validation in my feelings and the things that I've experienced, but it has also allowed me to process and verbally work out my grief, which has been priceless. Step three for me, though, is fully moving forward and not looking back. Not letting things like a text, you know, set me off. And this has always been extremely hard for me in relationships. I tend to become somewhat obsessive compulsive. I need to understand why things didn't work up. What is my ex up, up to now? And how can I right all my wrongs? Ridiculous, right? So this isn't conducive to moving forward or to my healing process. I do, however, feel like this is so similar to how I used to grieve for my birth mom for most of my life. However, at this point, I don't feel like I grieve over her anymore or on the same level. I have compassion for her. I almost feel sorry for her in a way for everything that she's gone through, but I have moved on and past those feelings of grief and accept that this is my story. It's not changing. I also accept her for who she is and the decisions that she made in her life. I choose to control my future storyline and how this all ends up. Grief is so powerful and can feel all consuming at times. Loss is and will always be hard for adoptees. But I really feel like we need to stop victimizing ourselves. I have victimized myself for the longest time until I realized that it made me feel like the weak link. And honestly, I am anything but weak. And this goes for my fellow transracial adoptees as well. You are not weak. You are a fighter. And though random grief may pop up from time to time, always remember to speak kindly to yourself, let yourself feel all the feelings, and then move toward healing versus harming. All right, that is it for story time. Now, please sit back, relax, and let's get into Taylor's interview. Welcome back to the Manila Diaries. This week, our special guest is a Chinese-American adoptee. She grew up in New York City and has a passion for global relations and current events. I am so happy to be speaking to Taylor Lezen.
1: Hi, Taylor. Hello. How are you doing? Good, good. Just enjoying this beautiful weather and um, all the construction going on down there. Yeah,
0: I know that our, our listeners can't see, but you're on your terrace right now in New York City, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes very nice of you so thank you so much first of all for for coming on the podcast really appreciate it and I'm just so excited to hear all about your story is there anything that I left out that you'd like our guests to know about you like what's your favorite food what's your current favorite
1: tv show oh favorite food it's got to be either dumplings or noodles yes all all, all those carbs all the yes saturated fats um (laughs) That's probably, like, the only Asian foods I'll eat, you know? <laughs> really? Um, probably, yeah, because I'm not, I'm not a seafood lover, unfortunately. It makes me feel yeah. very pleased. Oh, yeah, <laughs> me <laughs> either. I'm not I a huge little. seafood
0: fan. Yeah, yeah, lots I of feel people,
1: that. Like, even sushi? Like, no. no. No? Can't do it? No sushi. Mm-mm. Oh, man. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, in terms of favorite show, ooh, so I don't know why, randomly. I just thought I'd give it a try. I just decided to binge Victorious. No, no idea why. I just did that. I just did all three seasons. I don't know where the final four season. What because, is that? Um, I've never heard of. course. Um, you know, with Ariana Grande. Oh, um, okay, Victoria yeah. Justice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. 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 The, the old show. The old show. Um, I, I tend to get into like the older popular shows years later. Yeah. <laughs> and, like decades later. Nice. Um, and and now I'm back on my um K drama binge. So. Oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, wondering how your life has been over this last
1: I don't know year and year plus in the pandemic? Oh, so it's been quite hectic. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I would have to say, so I actually had, um, flu B the second, the second strain of, um, influenza. So I was diagnosed with that in February, last February, Mm -hmm. like the previous year. Um, and then that took a whole month to recover. And then boom, right after that, I got COVID-19. Really? And oh so, my yep. Gosh. And that took a whole nother month. To recover. Oh, my goodness. So the, You've been through um, it. Yeah. The symptoms were not as bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I just lost my taste and smell for a good 10 days, maybe longer. Um, but it was. It, yeah, that's like probably the most sick I've ever been in my entire life. Really? Like yeah. Just back to back like illnesses. I um, hear that. Yeah. A lot of trips had to be canceled. I canceled my trip to. I was really upset because um, me and my friends were going to uh, Vietnam and we had two layovers in China and I hadn't been back to China since I was four years old to adopt my sister. Yeah. I like, oh, got to go back and you know, it's a seventeen layover, so I'll get to see a couple people at least. You know, see the city a little bit. Nope, canceled that. Mm. Um, canceled a trip to Turks and Caicos. Oh. <laughs> so, wow. But I did end up traveling um, domestically. Maybe later, um, more recently this year, when things kind of died down, mm-hmm. and, um, but, um, prices of flights were pretty decent, and you know they were still being safe. Every everyone's still taking precautions, which Definitely, is nice to see. Yeah. Do you like traveling? I do. I love traveling. So, <laughs> so my parents. Oh, sorry for the motorcycle, everyone. No, you're totally <laughs> but, <by it. laughs> So my parents are not fans of Disney, Disneyland, Disney World, whatsoever. Really? Uh-huh. They, they, they always thought it was too commercially. So I guess me being the privileged little child, <laughs> they took me abroad. So they exposed me to um, traveling abroad at a very, very young age. Probably I was a little too young to really fully appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my um, passion for traveling and um, global affairs, global relations, um, just experiencing different cultures has stemmed from that.
0: Especially. Wow. So where is the, like your most favorite place that you've ever visited if you had to pick
1: one? Ooh, most favorite place mm. or like most memorable trip that you've ever had. Oh, man. All of them have been pretty memorable. I would yeah. say that, Um, you know, I'm one who has never really experienced culture shock. I just kind of observed my surroundings and just took it. and yeah. said, OK, that's what they do. That's fine. You know, I'll try this new thing. Um. Honestly, maybe um, maybe Israel and Palestine was the most memorable. Oh, wow. <laughs> because I went there for study abroad for a month, very, very short study abroad term. Um, and I studied the conflict mainly through the perspective of the Palestinians. And so that was just extremely impactful to me. Um, yeah. And, you know, that was when I was a little older, you know, I was in college. So I was um, able to experience it more and be more independent. Like,
0: yeah wow so do you think from like all this traveling that you've done that do you feel like you're kind of a chameleon like you can just kind of fit in wherever since
1: yeah, yeah. I I would say I adapt pretty well into mm-hmm. my surroundings mm-hmm. honestly I don't I don't really feel super uncomfortable anywhere I am um yeah. That's awesome. and you know I, I respect everyone's uh other choices mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah for sure
0: cool okay so I um let's kick this off. I like to kick off each episode by asking my guests the same question, um, which is kind of a loaded one, but I'm still gonna ask it anyway. So okay. <laughs> I wanna know what is your favorite thing about being adopted? Well, I used to like to brag
1: a lot at, a lot about it when I was yeah? Oh, really? I'm adopted Mm. yeah so I have four parents (laughs) and I might have a brother in China yeah I used to do that a lot um definitely like an attention move um when I was younger yeah Um, but but you were very open
0: to talking about it when you were younger
1: 100% open I knew I knew what what I was I knew I knew the differences everyone saw yeah I got made fun of and bullied probably Mm. um but you know, I and, and that when I was six years old, yeah, that really used to bother me. I used to come home crying every day. Oh. Um, but then, as I but yet, I still remember myself bragging about my adoption and about the name the orphanage gave me. Um, so I would say my favorite thing about being adopted is honestly being being able to identify as a diverse person. You know, I have like um, you know, even though my parents are are Caucasian um. My father is a Ukrainian Jew from the Soviet Union. Wow! So yeah, escaped there. Yeah. Uh, my mother's my mother's French American, and then I'm Chinese girl. <laughs> so, um, and I live in New York City. I uh, well, was raised here, at least. Mm-hmm. so you know, coming from a very diverse background, I would say yeah. is what I'm most proud of. Sorry for the ambulance guys. <laughs> it's okay. It's
0: okay. This is this is live. <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. So, I want to dive in to your origin story. And mm-hmm. I would like to go back to the very beginning. I'm wondering, do you have any records of information regarding your birth parents at all?
1: Thousand percent no. That is not very common for us Chinese, especially yeah.
0: Chinese girls. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It, so you were given up surrounding the the one child policy. I'm assuming. Uh-
1: I'm going to, I'm going to assume that I was yeah. given up for that reason, for that mm-hmm. sexist policy. Yes, um, yeah. You know, you never, you never know. As I, when I was right. younger, I used to say, yeah, I was abandoned, blah, 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 blah. Sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, as I got older um, and I saw the movie um, somewhere between um, surrounding those Chinese these girls and their, um, their journeys on finding their um, birth families, I realized, wow, you know, it's not, not every case is going, is the same, you know, there could have been mm-hmm. definitely some instances of like a family member taking a child of the, of the mother, of the father, whoever, and, you know, bringing them somewhere else, et cetera, et cetera. Like you just never know what the real story is. And I, I for sure don't know what my story is. So yeah,
0: definitely. Can you tell me uh, what, so what age were you adopted and mm-hmm. can you tell me what, you know, leading, le- so you don't know anything obviously leading up to your adoption, but um, can you tell me about like your arrival story? Mm-hmm.
1: So I actually do know something like a couple of things about mm-hmm. my, um, about my, uh, leading up to my arrival story. Yeah. Um, I just don't know anything about my birth family yeah, whatsoever. Sure. Mm-hmm. So um, I was, well, we'll go ahead and assume that I was um, born in Wuhu in um, Anhui province, which is a pretty industrial city from what Google told me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was found in a movie theater called uh, Li Sheng. I think, definitely mispronounced that. Sorry, guys. Um, and that was, doctors apparently said that I was maybe, you know, a day or two old. So very, very, very early. Uh Um, I know a lot, I have a lot of friends who are, you know, they were um, given up or left somewhere um, when they were a few weeks old or a little older. That that definitely was not my case at all. Um, So then I was brought to, I was found in a movie at the movie theater. Don't know which movie I was watching. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, And then I was brought to an orphanage and then the orphanage, you know, um, the way they named me, they took the last, the name of the city, Wolf, and then they took the name of the movie theater, which is which was Li Sheng, and that was Wu Li Sheng is my name, and apparently it means great victory. Wow! So I'm telling. You. Yeah. Um So then uh, I was put in this orphanage, and actually I shared the crib with two other girls who are currently my now Chinese cousins. Really? Um, yeah. So um, we'll get to that in a sec. So mm-hmm. they're like they're probably like the closest family that I have, honestly. Um, and the way the process was, is, um, you know, my parents, um, they decided to adopt after, you know, years, years of trying, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, Chapin was the adoption organization. And so the way they handled the adoptions for China, I'm not sure about other countries, but, um, it would be a group of families coming together and they would travel together and adopt the babies together mm-hmm, and then they'd mm-hmm. come back together. So that was our, that's how our like Chinese cousins group came to be a thing. Um, so we were all adopted when we were eight months old, nine months old.
0: Wow. Okay. Awesome. So, um, tell me more about your upbringing. I know you grew up in New York city where you are right Mm now. Um, I'd love to hear all about it. I've always wanted to visit New York, but I'm I'm a West coast girl, but it's on my travel bucket list. So yeah. Tell me about it.
1: Oh man. Well, so I was, I grew up in, um, Greenwich village. So super diverse uh, very lgbtq area um you know i went to my you know i grew up my is jewish but you know he's um you know, from the soviet union so it's not like he was really allowed to practice his religion so mm-hmm. the only um practices that we did that were related to judaism you know was going to temple for maybe a couple times a year for holidays or something um but I was mainly, I was baptized and I was mainly raised um, Presbyterian. Um, So we went to the big church, like right down my block. I did church school, church choir. I went to their preschool there. And then after preschool, I went to a public school, also nearby um, from K through fifth grade. And even though I had some really great memories, I had a lot of, you know, from what seemed to be like, I had a lot of great friends. I would say overall, it was not a great time. I still don't hold mm-hmm. that school in the highest regards, honestly. Yeah. Why do you say that? I mean,
0: what 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 did you experience? Or like, are you talking about experiencing racism? Or
1: yeah, you know, the typical, you mm-hmm. know, child child bullying, poking yeah. fun at, you know, being different. And so, even though I say that, um, Bridgeville, New York City, overall, is very diverse. Um, right. there was only. There was another adoptee girl there, Chinese adoptee girl there, but she was pretty popular because she was on all the sports teams outside of school. And then um, there were two other Asian girls who were, you know, one, they were both actually half white and half Japanese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh Um, But they didn't come until later. And really, when I was little, I just. I I always felt like I was being made fun of you know I was never regarded as pretty because I was Chinese or you know they did the slanted eyes blah 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 so um yeah I I just remember my time there just being so miserable oh I'm sorry to hear (laughs) that so yeah yeah. and then um and then when I went to I continued on in public school to a specialized science school called soft school science um and then that wasn't even, and that didn't make things better because even the majority of them were Chinese, they didn't want to talk to me because I didn't know Chinese. So oh, they, were all they were all from Chinatown. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So they they stuck in their own little, in their own little groups. So I tried my best, but you know, that's, that's when I realized it felt like I really didn't fit in anywhere. I was, I would always be in the middle. I wanted to be friends with everyone, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not like anyone fully regarded me as one thing, which I, I came yeah. to embrace actually later on. Yeah. They do.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I do want to go back a little bit and, and ask you, what is your relationship like with your family, your parents and your siblings? Um, I know that you also have a sister that was also adopted from China as well. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. what's the age difference between you
1: four years. And I think that's actually quite typical for, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Asian adoptee families, uh, transracial families. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, my relationship with her has gotten better. We used to be very, very close when I was little, but I think I bullied her a little too much yeah, too yeah um, and then yeah, I think we we just as we got older, we just got um you know we, we joke around a lot more now, um, mm-hmm. but we, we don't hang we don't play together or like or hang out together like we really used to when we were little. Um, my mother is my best friend. I tell everyone that she she has literally taught me everything uh, under the sun yeah. Um, and then my father, uh, that, that, that I don't, I don't, I don't also, I don't really hold him in the highest regards, honestly.
0: Mm -hmm, Like I know,
1: yeah, like I know he loves me and everything, Mm -hmm. but you know, the, the damage is kind of done. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing that. Um, so I just want to talk about um, your relationship with your sister a little bit more, if that's okay. I, sure, I just, sure. I'm curious to know what it was like growing up with another adoptee in the household. And mm-hmm. did you feel like she was your confidant, someone that could understand your experience, or did you both process things differently and separately? Did you ever talk about your adoptee experiences?
1: No, my mm-hmm. sister is a, a closed book. Gotcha. She is big introvert. We, it is I can't remember any time where she has shared her fa- feelings openly. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to pry her open. Um, you just never know what's going on in her head. So unfortunately, it's not like we we never really bonded on um, adoption or race-related uh, issues or anything. Mm-hmm. We just never we just never talked about that stuff. Yeah. Really. we never. Like... I don't even think we've ever had a deep conversation. Oh really? Yeah. So... We're not. We're not very close mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. So it sounds like you're kind of opposites in a sense.
1: Oh, 100% yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah.
0: Gotcha. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you were like as a child?
1: Way more social than I am now, if you believe. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was the social butterfly. I wanted mm-hmm. to go around, make friends with everyone, be like, hi, I'm Taylor. What's your name? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Oh, yeah. I know how to say ni hao, or I know how to say, like, hello I'm in Russian, just blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, And then it wasn't until high school, um, I'm not really sure why, but then I just like kind of got way more quieter and stopped really um, being that social butterfly. Um, And at the same time though, I also become, you know, more opinionated, more vocal about um, important issues. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Something that you're very passionate about today, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did your parents ever expose you to, um, Chinese culture I mean I know you went back and visited but Mm -hmm. um or did you seek this out on your own at any point in time
1: oh no it was um age two Chinese lessons yeah funny enough my um Chinese tutor she was the sister of Yo-Yo Ma I think yeah um, really Which they decided to tell me years later (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> um so that was pretty cool i just yeah, i don't remember awesome. i i didn't really enjoy those lessons when i was alone i liked them yeah. because i had the in with um you know in a big group setting with all these other little chinese adoptee girls um so that was that was fun but um when i was alone it wasn't wasn't the most fun um yeah. so and i can't i really can't remember if what which dialect i was learning whether it was cantonese or mandarin because then when i was a little older maybe like seven or eight years old my father took me to Chinese school in Chinatown and I just remember being so incredibly lost yeah and I think maybe that because you know Cantonese is mainly spoken in Chinatown so I think they were learning Mandarin but again I can't I really can't remember how old were you well not I don't know seven maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I started um yeah so I don't remember any Chinese anymore but I started taking lessons when I was two. Oh wow yeah, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Yeah. So it took me a while to really get a good grasp on English. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I always say English is my second language, even though it's my first language, because it's a hard, it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on just a little bit, I'm just wondering what your formative years were like as a, as a middle school or as a high school. What things were you drawn to and what were you like socially and who did you hang out with?
1: Middle school was interesting because I remember this one time when, um, you know, because it was a public school, it was predominantly Chinese kids. Um, we all, all of us Chinese kids got letters from the principal saying we were excused from going to school because of Chinese New Year. And of course, all the kids were like, no, my parents are going to make me go to school because, you know, that's the Asian tiger. Mom.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but I think they were kind of confused when I got a letter, too. Yeah. Um. And that's when I realized, yeah, I don't think they really regard me as an Asian. That's okay though. <laughs> um. And then. Let's see. High school. High school. I went to an extremely small private school. Like mm-hmm. so small, there were only eleven kids in my grade at the oh, time. Oh wow! Yeah, super small. Um. So. Yeah, there was one other Asian. I think who's still a good friend of mine today. He's also uh-huh. Chinese. Yeah. Um. But. They actually had a pretty good Chinese language, um, course there, which I, I did not take. I just took French. On. <laughs> I just yeah did it for my mother. But the Chinese language course they were, that was really cool to see because that got the kids interested in Chinese culture, and that was something I hadn't really seen, um, coming from other uh, um, races.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah. So I really appreciated that that's awesome so um what kind of
0: extracurriculars did you do if any
1: anything sports related <laughs> I'm an athlete. anything sports related. really I'm I'm an athlete yeah that's awesome yeah anything sports related um what kind of sports did you play just oh geez, all of them all <laughs> of them like soccer basketball soccer I wasn't really into though but basketball and volleyball and track I was very into yes yeah um and then I did a couple of other things you know like um did I do homework? Up? No, that wasn't until I was older. Um, but I would do uh, you know, vocal vocal classes and whatnot, and then I would do I did um, model UN and then I mm-hmm. did um, mock trial, so, you know, stuff like that. There were never any. I was never in a school where they had other um, like a wide variety of um, opportunities like comp sci robotics. Like our schools mm-hmm. I went to, they never really had that. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, um. How did you fare in school? Like, did you get pretty good grades or?
1: No, I terrible. <laughs> so that's why I. That's why I hate the whole Asian stereotype. I know, um, right? Yeah, no, I was terrible. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? I loved math. I absolutely love math, but yeah. I yeah. suck so yeah. bad at it. At it. I like feel that. Fs, yeah. Fs, 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 Fs. Um. Uh, yeah. No. So I just was never really a student because I ne- I had really bad test anxiety that I didn't recognize until yeah. I was much older. Me too. Uh-huh. And um, you know, I really I did try to work hard, but I probably was also an undiagnosed ADHD kid or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. there are just so many things that just like, you know, that were there were over overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. no matter how hard my mom really tried with me. Yeah. Um, my sister, however, was that A student was <laughs> until they? high school. I'm not I'm not really sure what happened in high school. Then everything <laughs> went down. But she was Aww. she really was she was considered a gifted child. Oh wow. And then for me, um no, it was never that. And then you know, it's funny, though. I still have my my all of my report cards and I, sometimes I look back at them and I didn't do bad. I didn't mm-hmm. do badly. I just was always made to feel like I did terribly. Interesting. Because it wasn't it wasn't an A. It wasn't good. At, from so. who? Who did you fill out like, from from your parents or from your teachers? Uh, from, from my parents, from my teachers. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then college though was the worst. Really? <laughs> college. I'm surprised. I, I honestly am surprised I graduated. Yeah. I worked my butt off, but it was that was very that was very challenging because I felt I feel like I went to a high school that wasn't challenging enough in the sense that it didn't really prepare me for college and what Yeah, to yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I I wasn't prepared for all the workload and like how much reading you have to do and you know, you can't get away with not reading a book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't take
0: shortcuts in college, yeah. How it works? Oh. Can you tell me a little bit about your college experience? Where did you go to college? What did you major in?
1: So I went to college at um, Dickinson College, and I majored in international studies. Yeah. I focused on security studies, so that's national international security. Um, and then I accidentally minored in economics because I took <laughs> too many classes.
0: <laughs> economics, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, is that? Uh, it- Is that in New York? Is that is that college in New York? No, no. Okay, where is it? Where is is it?
1: it? Central Pennsylvania. Oh wow! Okay, middle
0: of nowhere.
1: Cute little town. Yeah, and that's about it. So you're there for four years.
0: Pennsylvania for all
1: four years. Yep. Yeah. Which I do love. Yeah. What was that experience
0: like for you living in Pennsylvania?
1: Um, you know, every everyone is pretty polite for the most part. Um, you know, the there's the school is very old it was um it was founded in late like mid late 1700s um so the relationship though between the students and the we call them the townies is yeah. not the best yeah, <laughs> so yeah yeah so they didn't really like us like rich kids blah 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 and coming into their very um poor town yeah so but we did give the town a lot of money yeah all the heat and stuff <laughs> um so, you know, I, d- I did encounter some, you know, quote unquote racist moments and stuff like that, but uh, it was overall was a very positive experience. I do love Pennsylvania. Yeah. I really it. I would move back to it. Would you really? Yeah, awesome. Yeah.
0: 100%. So let's switch gears again, just a little bit. And mm-hmm. I'd love to talk about present
1: day Taylor. Taylor today. Um, what do you do for, <laughs> what do you do for work? So I'm a private in- in-person tutor. Um, mainly for kids who struggle with um with the remote learning situation right now because of covid yes, yeah and um they're most of not most i'm sorry a couple of them though um they do have learning disabilities and i work seven days a week <laughs> so taylor, yeah, today, taylor very exhausted <laughs> yes yes very definitely exhausted. that's so cool though. um
0: what do you what do you like to do for fun like what do you like to do in your free time, if you have any, I mean, I know you
1: work a lot, but yeah, um, honestly, take extremely long work, walks, like eight to ten mile walks. During oh, wow. summer, I did that yeah. every single day. Um, I like to clean. Love Do you cleaning. <laughs> I love cleaning. <laughs> cleaning and like cooking. Um,
0: oh, cooking, yeah, know, for sure.
1: Got to, got to be multitasking, watching an anime or something, arcade drama. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, going, going out to eat. Mhm. So I got. I got to curb a little bit.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Eating, eating, and food is life. So I get mm-hmm. it. It's totally. Exactly. It. So, do you have a lot of um, Chinese adoptee friends out there in in
1: New York City that you hang out with? In, in New York City, I, there's a fair amount. There's a lot of mm-hmm. people who are moving here, actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we try to we try to meet up when we can. Um, you know, for those of you who are listening to this, who are in New York City, who are thinking of moving, who are going to about to move to New York City soon, you can join my. S-A-A-T-N-Y-C group on Facebook. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) It's growing. We got lots of bubble tea outings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Love (laughs) it. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. It's been, it's been fun. They've, they've been really fun meetings.
0: That's so cool. Um, so, Uh, we are actually just about to wrap up this episode. So I want to just, first of all, extend a huge thank you for you for coming on the show and being vulnerable. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I love chatting with you. Um, But I do want to know if there's anything you're excited about coming up in your personal life. Um, And also as we close, close this episode out, I would love to know if you have any last thoughts on being a transracial adoptee.
1: What am I excited for? Well, um, I'm hoping to finally get Find a steady job. Yeah. Where I don't have to work seven days a week and yeah, yes. some and you know, benefit benefits are nice. Gonna get kicked off of that health insurance soon in Ooh, a couple yeah. months. Yeah. Um and then so that's the only thing I'm looking forward to, you know. And maybe to, some uh, more to
0: traveling correct.
1: too. Some more travel. Yes, I, I am going to New Orleans in late June. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds fun. Very, very cheap flights, guys. Hundred bucks. Really? Oh, yeah.
0: okay. Um, Noted.
1: (laughs) And then um, let's see, something last thoughts for as a transracial adoptee. Yeah, honestly, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. um, And, you know, I have to say that like social media doesn't really help, um, you know, it it doesn't really help like calm us down. It's really nice to see, you know, people being um, huge advocates about it, you know, sharing their voices and their narratives. I really do appreciate that. Um, But I will say that sometimes it can be a little much. And it's really important to, you know, take occasional breaks from social media and just, you know, even if you see something on, on the news where it says, oh, like this, this person, a white person was seen attacking another Asian. And, you know, like, well, let's end all white people, let's end white supremacy, blah, 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 blah. Just like, it's important to, um, you, know, you know, talk about the issue, talk about what's happened, but also remember that we are not there the time when an incident took place so we may not know the story of everything mm-hmm. really. yeah. um and i just think that it's um you know we we can't let every single incident we can't assume things about every single incident right yeah because we never we never know like what really happened like yes we should acknowledge that yes the rise in a pi crimes is a thing but not every single incident that involves Asian is going to be a hate crime. Yeah. Right. right? So, so focus more on the ones that are hate crimes. Yeah. No, Um, I think,
0: yeah, definitely. I think you make some really great points and also, yeah, we're, I mean, there's just so much stuff going on social media that is very, very overwhelming. And I think you make a really good point about, you know, setting, setting boundaries for yourself in terms of, how much you how much time you spend on, on right. these platforms, because, because
1: there are yeah. a lot of, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, no, about, no, 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 you're totally are, fine, you know, there, I've seen, I've been seeing a lot of, like, very upsetting messages, um you know, DMs from people who message my Asian adoptive friends who say, like, oh, like, F you chink, and, like, you know, your, your emotions don't matter, blah, 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 and then they'll share that, and, yeah. you know, out, which is fair, that's your business, but at the same time, it's, like, you know, don't pay any mind to people who don't pay you to let the, um let them rent space in your head. They don't matter. You don't know Love these that. people. Yes. they're just any pe- bullies like that. They do it for attention, and they're right. doing it for reaction. So the best way to kill off a bully is just ignore them. 100%.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, yeah, I don't know if you have received any kind of DMs like that. Like I, I know for personally for myself, I have not, and I feel very lucky. But I know a lot of my friends Same. have, and and Same. It, yeah, it's just, it's really hard to, to deal with emotionally. And it's just, it's a lot, but yeah, I mean, bullies are going to be bullies and they're going to, they're going to find a way to do and say what they want, but yeah, we, you can't take it. We can't take it personally because there's obviously something, something very internally wrong with them and not with you. So Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a very, very good point to make. So thank you so so much for, for sharing all of that. Of course, of course. So, also, um, where can my guests find you if they want to follow you on social media, like we were
1: just talking about? <laughs> but <uh-oh. Whoops. laughs> sorry, guys, I am a, it's Instagram. <laughs> um, Part of our world. <laughs> you can do um, Taylor uh, A. Legend Z H E N. That's on Facebook, and then my Instagram. I have a public and a private one, but the private one I use more. That one is a uh, baby, like you know, a little baby. Baby T, and then followed by 313 so baby yes. t 13
0: 13 13 wait hold on where did that name where did that instagram handle come from
1: okay so baby t was my nickname in high school because okay. you know, i was the small little you know here we go small little asian girl yeah <laughs> you yeah pick up yeah um and then um yeah 13 13 13 is my is my lucky number it was is my it? Old, uh-huh. yep it was uh my graduation year and a lot of other scarily uh related <laughs> 13th numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, cool. rankings, so
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Cool. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you again so much, Taylor, for coming on the monolith diaries. Really appreciate it. Really appreciated hearing your story. Um, I will see you all next week with a brand new episode. Bye.